0: Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. I want to welcome you to week three of, I like to call it a spiritual journey that we're on where we're talking about seeds And the reason we call it a spiritual journey is there's a guide available. In fact, if you're there online, you can download that guide. We have those. And then we also have small groups meeting in multiple places in person and online. I do want to take an opportunity to welcome all of you that are joining us online. We have new people every week. And we probably have an inordinate amount of you this weekend because it's really cold in Texas this weekend. I wanna welcome all of you that are joining us here, our McKinney campus, also our Hazlitt campus, and all of those that might be tuning in for the first time. Let's put our hands together and welcome everyone. We're so glad that you're joining us. Uh, This series, if you're new with us, this journey we call it, it really began with us just talking about this topic, Seeds. And we found as we've journeyed over the last few weeks, you can follow those messages online. We found that seeds is an important topic in the Bible. That in fact, the very beginning of creation, God designed it with this seeds principle. In fact, He said, as long as the earth remains, then there is going to be seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. It's the way human beings multiply and reproduce. It's the way agriculture and all the things in the world really work. And so we've been talking about that together. And this week, we're going to get down to the real practical area where it affects our lives. Because when you hear in Genesis, seed, you're like, what is that? We've been learning that that's the word of God. That's Jesus himself. That God understands how the world works and that as we put him into the soil of our barren lives, he begins to show up and change the dynamic. Time, we we don't really like that one. It's like, boy, can we just kind of get there? What we really like is harvest. (laughs) Come on. We love it when the harvest comes in. We, we love when we get that big breakthrough at work or that promotion or our kids finally come out of a time of being brain dead and understand what we're trying to tell them. Come on, parents. We, we love that big harvest moment in marriage, you know what I'm saying, when the fires are burning. Come on, it's Valentine's. Come on, it's, woo, harvest. Yeah, baby. You better buy her something, you know what I'm saying? We, we like harvest time. We really like harvest time. A lot of times we don't know what produces the harvest. We don't know how it works. When I was 32 years old, I had a moment where my wife looked at me and she said, you have a comb over. I said, submit woman. No, I did not. I didn't say that. I said, what did you say to me? She said, you have a comb over. I was deceived. I was totally blind. She said, you have a comb over. I said, I do not have a comb over. We went to a little church gathering at some friend's house. There was a swimming pool. I jumped in and when I got out, there was one long strand of hair hanging like this. I'd just been wrapping that thing, just wrapping it up there. So I never really figured out how to get back to the harvest that I had. When I was a kid, I had thick, hair. And one day the field went barren. I tried some of that seed grow stuff. I put miracle grow up there. It just dripped down on my back and my back hairs grew out. But anyway, I don't know. I just, it never worked. You know, I haven't gone to the planting seeds up there, but anyway, you know, if y'all see me with another comb over, I'm growing under there at some point and then I'll just unveil it. Come on, new pastor with a head of hair. I never figured out how to make the barren field grow. Now, I have had a harvest recently. I want y'all to know that. I've had a massive, massive harvest. You know, we just completed the football season. and The Lord spoke to me this year. See, we, this is the last year that we have a 12-person, our pastors, fantasy football league. We are now dividing into the elite league, and we've had to make a JV. We will not list the people on the JV. But there's probably people you love that are on our staff, that are on JV. But the last victorious winner, even after starting with our chairman, I will not name names, Mike Banus, who (laughs) cheats and drafts first every year. I continued with bad talk and divisive nature that you would be surprised would come from pastors. I continued with a humble spirit and sowed seeds of reconciliation and love, and I came out the champion, the bishop of the Fantasy Football League. I just wanted to tell y'all that I harvested, and it felt so good. We love the harvest, but we, do we know what produces the harvest? Galatians 6-7 says this, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. A man or woman reaps what they sow. So in light of that passage, we shouldn't judge each day based on what we reap, but we should think more about what we sow. If we're not pleased with that which we reap, we need to change what we sow. I want to ask you if you have your Bibles or a tablet or you want to take the guide there to turn with me to Mark chapter 4, and I want us to look here in Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 26, and we're going to get real practical in looking at this reaping, sowing process this week. Mark chapter 4, we see another one of these seed parable stories from Jesus, They're over and over in the New Testament, and specifically in the Gospels, we see Jesus using it as a teaching technique. And here, we are back to this understanding of a farmer. Mark chapter 4, look at it with me. He also said to them, this is what the kingdom of God is like. This is how the kingdom works. Now, we're not talking about karma Because there's a new age philosophy that tries to tie into this and it says, you only get good if you do good. No, 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 this is the kingdom of God, which means it's not just our doing good to reap, it's God's nature and character on the inside of us that we cooperate with him in the kingdom of God. It's the king's agenda, not our agenda. And by the way, let me say, If you only sow to reap, that is unsustainable. If you only have the motive, eventually what will happen is you plant a little bit, you get a little bit, you get frustrated with the process and you quit. It says, no, no, no. There's a king who has a kingdom who we are partnering and participating with and it's like this. It's a man, a farmer who scatters seed. And by the way, in this time period, pagans were farmers. There were people that were following Jesus. There were people who worshiped the creator God. There were people, all kinds of people, but they all would even at some level get a little bit religious from time to time because farmers understood that there are things outside of you that make your crop grow. In other words, there's some weather that has to happen. There's some rain that has to happen. There's some sun that needs to take place. But he says this, this farmer scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. He doesn't know how it grows. Now he does the planting. He does his part. He does the sowing. But there is this idea, look at the next phrase, all by itself, the, the, the original language, automatos, meaning automatically there's something there outside of the farmer that makes it grow. It's the kingdom of God. It's God himself. The soil produces grain. First, the stalk. Notice the process of growth. My passion for you this year is that you would grow spiritually. There's so much in our lives, around our lives, that we can't really have a hand in. Things happen and Things go on. Haven't we learned that in the last year? But my passion for you is that if you this year grow spiritually, grow in your understanding of the kingdom of God. Notice the the fact of the way growth happens, though. It says, look, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. See the process of growth. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. We love when the harvest comes, but how intentional are we about the process of sowing and reaping? Notice in 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 7, I'm going to give you a lot of passages this weekend because we need to understand how many times we see this consistent pattern in Scripture. This is the Apostle Paul tying into Jesus' truth about the seed. He says, I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants or the one who waters is really anything, but only God who makes things grow. I I, want to make sure that you understand the process, and then I'm going to ask three questions that I think are questions we all ask about it and and I want us to really dig in it, but I want you to make sure that you understand the process. This is the biblical process of sowing and reaping. One of the key principles of the reason we would study seeds. Let's look at it together so that we understand it. Seed not sown does not grow. (laughs) It's just it's a great seed, but it doesn't grow when it's in the bag. It has to be sown. It has to be planted. Seed not sown does not grow. The Bible says you reap what you sow. So when you sow something specific, and we're going to look at some practical life examples, but you reap what you sow. You reap, this is the process, you reap later than you sow. This is very challenging for our culture. You you reap later, later, later out there from when you're sowing. That's why you want to participate in the kingdom of God where the king takes us with our just total fallow, barren ground of our hearts that is fruitless and loves us, extends grace to us, gives himself to us, and doesn't expect us immediately to get it. Aren't you glad we have a patient God, a patient Savior who keeps sowing his nature toward us, but it takes a little time? It's fascinating to me how some are very receptive and grow a little faster. Others who are not open and growing, they grow real slow, but it does take some time. I told you a few weeks ago, my wife got an Instapot. You're like, is it still going? Absolutely. I think we're eating out of it this weekend, couple, I mean, We are, we're doubled down on the Instapot. I mean, just telling you, Instacart, Instapot, Instatea, anybody know what I'm talking about? We, we can't even wait for the coffee maker to make real coffee anymore. We just got to put that pod in there. Y'all know what I'm saying? This disrupts the process of the stalk, the kernel, the blade, the process, the sow, the reap. You always reap later than you sow. You reap, though, generally more than you sow. Not always, but you generally do. You're generally surprised that one little bean seed can produce a whole bunch of beans. You're usually amazed by it when you're just sowing out of a pure heart and you love God. And you look up and think, wow, God is kind of over and above what I thought. Here's something that makes it not karma. In God's kingdom, did you know sometimes you reap where you did not sow? God is so good, there are times where you get to share in the harvest of what someone else, namely Jesus sowed to, or even someone other than you has sowed to. John 4.38 says, I sent you to reap for what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you've reaped the benefits of their labor. You can't bank on that strategy. You can't always just be like, well, I just hope somebody else will do the work. You know, we, we have a culture today that thinks you can just keep reaping without producing. Like, I hope somebody's planting because I want to eat out of their field. Let me say something. We'd like to get a hoe and a, some seed and plant because we're all kind of in this together, really see in the kingdom of God, in the normal, if, you, if you, it's your job, it's your workplace, like, like the quickest way to be the one no one wants at your workplace is the one who likes to reap but doesn't like to sow. Because to have a harvest, there has to be someone sowing, but isn't it so awesome that a gracious God sometimes in our stupidity still takes care of us, gives us his grace. You know, when you get a little bit older, you get a little more reflective. You just do. You just, you kind of think more. I don't know why. You kind of look back and you think about those times where you've reaped where you didn't sow, where you're so thankful. You know, our world today sometimes is so bent on everyone getting what they deserve. I don't think everyone wants what they deserve all the time. The grace of God is a gift we didn't deserve, and mercy is when we get consequences sometimes that we didn't earn. You you look back and you go, man, God really helped me there. I didn't even know how he was helping me. That's why I want you to understand, sowing and reaping is a principle you will never avoid. If you cooperate with it and you cooperate with God, you will reap harvest from understanding that principle. But I want you to know, it's not just some static concept in the kingdom of God. It's a relationship with a God who sometimes, again, even shows up with his grace in our lives where we don't understand how it happened. But I will tell you, you, get a little more reflective. I was talking with one of my older children over the Christmas break. And they were telling me, you know, Dad, Remember this time when your kids get a little older, they like to tell you, you know, like this happened. And you remember this time, dad, where you were a little strong and you you didn't understand what I was trying to tell you. And I'm like, no, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. By the way, you want, as your kids get a little older, you want them to tell it to you because if they don't tell it to you, they'll hold it as resentment and it'll manifest seeds in their own heart and life. Make it a safe place. You know what you want to say? Shut up! I bathed you. I've changed your diaper. Come on, y'all look so holy in here. Maybe online know what I'm talking about. Anybody know what I'm saying? You get a little rejected, and you want to say, "But I did this, and I did this." But you also can look back and go, "You know what? I was missing it there. I I sowed performance where I should have sown grace, or I sowed harshness when that wasn't my intent, or I sowed my fear." When I was really afraid, but they didn't know, or I sowed this, or, and we've all done it. We've all done it. Yeah. The point is and are we going to sow the wrong thing sometimes and get the harvest of that? But the point of all of this is, what if you thought about one area of your life right now where you don't like the harvest and sowed something different? What if you thought about one place in your life right now where you thought, I'm going to go against my natural inclination because a man or a woman reaps what they sow. Here's three questions about sowing and reaping that I want us to think about together. Number one, why don't the people who know this, some of you are listening to me right now, maybe online and you understand the concept. You just didn't understand it's such a big biblical principle. It's not, it's, it's information to you, but it's not revelation to you. Some of you, you're listening to me right now and you're like, I know those verses. I've, I've heard those verses. Be not deceived, God cannot be mocked. That which a man sows, he shall also reap. You're like, I've memorized that in school. I memorized that in Bible school or I learned that in Sunday school. You, you're, you're like, okay, I got the verse, but here's a question. If you don't know it, you're the best, you're fresh, just live it. But why do people who know that is true not do it? Why do I not do it sometimes? Why, why do I not? Why? It's so simple. Plant a different seed, plant a different thought, plant a different reaction, plant a why don't we do it? Well, here's why. It's contrary to our human nature. Just like every powerful principle in the Bible, it grates against selfishness. It grates against self-protection. It grates against zero sum like our world has today, that if you get something or I give you something, I have less, not in the kingdom of God. Not in the kingdom of God. There's no zero sum. It's a great God who's abundant. And so it grates on our selfishness. It, it grates on our self-preservation. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25 should be memorized by every young person in our world today. It's how God sees Resources, talent, time, it it uses a, a picture like all Bible pictures and it says that there were these talents that this owner had. Those are bags of gold. The thesis of the little teaching that Jesus gives is if you will steward faithfully the little, you'll be given more to steward. If you steward faithfully the little bit, that's the theme. It comes back to that over and over and over. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. But a lot of people understand that. Okay, if I'll be faithful with the seed and I'll plant a seed into my spouse, I'll start where I want to receive love, I'll start giving love. If I want my kids to be more gracious and I'll start working it, I'll sow grace in their direction. If I, so we start understanding it, we start living it, but what stops us? It's found here in this story. When Jesus came to the one who did not invest and sow the talent, And he was upset. By the way, it's pretty harsh too, by the way. Not common in our world. I'm actually going to take, there's some who bury the talent and there's this one that's rewarded for investing and sowing. And there's an interesting little phrase in it. Matthew 25, 24. The one who did not handle it properly, he said, I knew that you are a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So what stops us from sowing is that God is actually taking what is not his from us, that we live in a world where we don't have any participation in what God does and that God's actually looking for places to take from us that he's not an overflowing completely abundant and capable God to supplying into our lives. And so when we feel we are in charge of our own destiny, when we believe we are the captain of our own ship, when we've never said, Jesus, take the wheel, we drive our way into self-protection, never sowing the seeds that cause a harvest later. That's why we end up in that place. See, God meets you when you step out. Even if you step in the wrong direction, when you step out, every time you step out and your heart is to please him and honor him, he always meets you in that place. Let's talk about it in real life. How does this affect our daily life? You're like, okay, sowing and reaping and seeds and harvest, and we like to harvest. How does this affect our everyday life? Well, it's when you understand that the word of God, Jesus is the living word who comes into the heart and the soil, if you will, of our life and begins to produce fruit and changes us from the inside out. I mean, even during worship, as we were singing, I'm thinking, where he rewrote my story. Have you ever thought about where your story would be without Jesus tilling up and cultivating and planting seeds and causing you to think different? He, he rewrote our story. He changed the fruit of our garden. If you've received Jesus, he has changed the fruit of what you could produce in and of yourself. He's the living word. But then he has this written word right here, and this written word, if it, it, it tells us how God and creation and humanity, it tells us how life works. God is the one who created us. He's the one who made us. And so when we sow in our lives toward the truth of this word, we reap because it never returns void. Never. And yet it is more devalued in our culture than ever before. 2018 GQ magazine said it's in the top 21 books that no one needs to read anymore doesn't need to be read anymore it has contradictions it's bad literature it's this I appreciate GQ magazine don't they promote cologne or something I don't know what they do (laughs) but I'm going to tell you that's a demonic strategy to get people to not sow this right here in the garden of their lives because this right here in your everyday life will produce the fruit and the harvest of God's righteousness and God's desires for you. How does it work in our lives? Let's talk about some common seeds. First of all, our talent, our talent. So many today I hear, you know no one has recognized me for what I can do no one sees me no one my boss doesn't see me my the world doesn't see what i have i have potential i have a dream we have a whole generation of people again i'm not trying to be harsh but it's just it's it's constant in our culture you know you you get a trophy just for being you just cuz you're special and you're just you're special you haven't sown anything but just because you're you you get a trophy we have a frustrated group of people who are saying, I want to harvest. I, I want to use my gifts. I want to know my gifts. I, I want to live my purpose. I want to fulfill the, the desires of the kingdom. But no one will recognize me for what I do. The Bible says that the seed you should sow is be who God created you to be. I love this verse in Ephesians 2:10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we cannot do everything. We can't be everything we want to be, but we can do the things that he has planned for us long ago. So if you begin to say, God, how have you created me? How have you designed me? I want to seek your kingdom. And you sow that seed, you will look up, and there'll be fruitfulness in your garden. Relationships. Relationships. You're like, how does this work in my life? How... How does it work in my marriage? How does it work with my children? How, how do you have more friends? I'll talk about relationships. Did you know I read a statistic this week that 90% of the time when someone doesn't flourish in their job, just in the workplace, just in their job, in life. By the way, 80-something percent of people say they're very unfulfilled in what they do every day. 90% of the time, it's the inability to get along with people. It's the inability to get along with others. So you say, well, do you, do you just kind of just get to a place where you just are more relational or you're more friendly or I'm kind of introverted and they're kind of extroverted? Is it, is it just you kind of have the skill or can you sow to that? I would like to have friends there when I have struggles or I have challenges. You're you're building the relationships today for your storms tomorrow. The common seed of today is if you'll meet my needs, I'll meet yours. Like if you'll do for me what I want, then I'll do for you what you want. The biblical, I love this verse right here, Proverbs 11.30 says, the seeds of good deeds become a tree of life. The seeds of good deeds towards others become a tree of life and a wise person Wins friends? A person. If I had one thing to impart to you in this area, okay? When we get self-consumed, we cut ourselves off of the relationships that could be the distribution mechanism from which God brings us into our next steps in life. Think outside of yourself. Write that note, send that little gift card, say thank you to somebody around you. So to that waiter or waitress that you are there with. I can't tell you how many waiters or waitresses I've talked about, how Christian people who don't who don't, don't think about them or it's, it's just so toward other relationships. If you live your life that way, you will wake up and you have more friends than you know how to keep in touch with. You will have more friends than you can possibly imagine. Think outside of yourself. Money. Money. Most of the time when you say seeds, previous years of teaching, maybe someone will say, well, that's what it's all about. The Bible does connect them. Money, seeds, and sowing. It does. It does connect it. Second Corinthians chapter 9 says, he who sows sparingly reaps sparingly. There's a principle there. Tithing is you Operating in relationship with God and obedience to God, where you don't give, you actually return 10% of your income to God, which is where I would recommend anyone start their budget. But then sowing generously, sowing generously of your resources into kingdom soil. Have a guy I'm witnessing to right now, could not could not get him to talk about God in any area. We talked about apologetics. We talked about the dinosaurs. You know, if you had po- powdered water, what would you add? I mean, we, did, we went through evolution. We talked about everything. Stone cold. He said, well, I want to know about resources. He's a younger guy. So I said, here, here, here was this week. I started talking to him. Did you know there's a kingdom dimension to resources? God made them. God understands them. Our world says get all you can get and keep all you can. God says to us, God always provides so you can be generous. A verse I've had on the dash of my car since the start of this year, I'll just read it to you. I've had it on the dash of my car. God is able to bless you abundantly. It's right below that sowing and reaping passage. He's able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, I read that almost every day on the dash of my car, in COVID, ice storms, whatever, at all times. I, I'm sorry, I've preached to myself right there, but anyway, I don't know if anybody online. Come what may, my God is abundant enough to take care of me at all times. Why? Because I'm scared that I won't be taken care of? No. At all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Because he's going to provide what I need to fulfill my purpose in the kingdom to help others. So I don't see money as just paper with presidents or numbers in an account. It's also seed. It is seed. Here's a big one. Pain. Pain comes to all of us. Troubles, challenges, how do you deal with it? What seed do you sow to that? What do you do when trouble and challenge comes our way? I'm talking about how seed sowing works in real life. Pain comes our way. Many people ask the question, where was God when this happened? Where is God? I have a daughter who has an autoimmune illness I spend a lot of time talking to her about her view of God because she'll say, dad, is, 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 when will God heal me or will God heal me? And we talk a lot about God's provision and she walks through an illness where we give her shots every week and we walk through that together. And, and as her dad, but also pastoring her, I know the enemy's strategy would be to get her to think wrong about God and cut her off from who God is in her life. Because human nature is when you have trouble, it's God cannot be trusted. And did you know what I found that, talk about seeds, I found that pain and trouble in our life can make your life in a place where you're more bitter, which the Bible says can become a root that springs up to defile others. But I've also found that it can be a plow to till up sometimes the challenges. Those challenges can till up some hard ground. It was a plow that changed agriculture, this mold board plow. It changed planting and agriculture because in, I believe, the 15th, 17th century, somewhere in the early uh, time period, when you think about inventions that changed agriculture, you might think of the cotton gin, or you might think of others. This, this plow changed things because of its ability to not just dig through the dirt, but because if you've ever seen one, it has a curve, it turns the dirt over. So plowing became more possible for harder ground. I wanna submit to you that you have a couple of ways of looking at your trouble. God has abandoned me. God is not with me. God is not for me. And that can make your ground harder. Or you can sow this seed right here. We prayed it in our prayer time. I had no idea that Pastor Tim would pray this because we receive hundreds of prayer requests all the time. And you may be right there online saying, look, I'm going through a difficult time. You can let your ground get more hard and Difficult in terms of your relationship with God or look at this seed you could sow. You may go out weeping, but you'll return with shouts of joy if you keep sowing good seed. You return with shouts of joy if you keep sowing good seed. Little preacher cliche, but your test can turn into a testimony. Your challenge could be the very thing that God uses you to help someone else after you walk through it. Your challenge, though you don't want to go through it, could be the very thing God uses sometimes to soften your heart, to get you to a place where you understand his grace, where it tills up the soil of your heart, where you're more compassionate for others. My daughter went through this illness. We go to the children's hospital. I have so much compassion for families with kids that have illness. We go to this hospital and there are kids. And we, a lot of times, we're hoping for the news that her illness is over. And we end up, my daughter now takes gifts to the other kids. Takes Band-Aids and takes toys. She loves the stickers when you have to get your shot. She loves it. So we take stickers for the other kids because she remembers when she was struggling in that moment when she had to first realize all of this. And I walk around and I see kids that have, have different issues with their legs and they're in wheelchairs. and they're just, it, it has softened my heart. It has softened my heart. Sometimes when we're going through something, you just have to look around you at others around you. But here's the promise. Here's a seed. We may go in sowing those tears, but we can come out with shouts of joy if we keep sowing good seeds in God's direction the whole way. Yeah, yeah, we can. Let's ask this final question together. What happens when our approach to this is tested? Well, what happens? I mean, sowing and reaping, you're like, Jeff, okay, it's a principle in the Bible. It's not a formula, but it is a principle and you're in it. You're living it. By the way, you're sowing to something today. And you, how's your approach tested? Well, the Bible talks a lot about how there comes. Next week, I'm going to talk to you about a moment when the field, there are, there's weed in the field and tares in the field and there's coming a judgment day there's coming a judgment day where everything growing in that field will be tested. What do we do? How do we, how do we approach that? Like it's gonna be tested. Our fruit will be tested. It's gonna take a little while, but what we're sowing to today, we will reap on in a little while. How do we approach that? You know, there's gonna be a gender reveal. <laughs> the Super Bowl commercial, did you see the one with the M&M's? where it's like, you could just get out, you can apologize anytime. I, th- th- this one just cracked me up, you know? It's just like, next time we'll just tell you it's a boy. But they had this overblown. I, did, we, I didn't grow up with gender reveals, you know what I'm saying? I do, we didn't have those. Men didn't go to showers and you didn't have baby moons. But anyway, it's a different day. <laughs> but everybody loves the gender reveal and I'm not in any way trying to be vulgar, I'm just being biological. There was a seed zone and there was a time of growth and everybody loves to find out what it's going to be. I have a friend right now, they're having a child and they went to the doctor. I'm like, what's it going to be, man? He's like, we're not finding out. I said, man, come on. What's the doctor's number? Maybe he goes to Milestone. I'm going to ask him, you know? I want to know. What's it going to be? We all want to know what it's going to be. It's going to look something like the seed you're sowing. That's what it's probably going to look like. If you don't like the relationship with your spouse, then sow some different seed. If you'd like to have a different connection with your children, maybe you're sowing a seed that you think is the right seed and they are not receiving that seed like you think you're sowing it. Maybe you're saying, look, all these people are crazy and I'm the wise person who needs to inform everybody about what's right. But you have no friends, but you're so right. <laughs> Think about sowing in their direction. Think about sowing something a little bit different. And I wanna say again, I'm not trying to maybe become just the old guy, older guy in the room who's trying to talk to, her, but look, can I say to some of you right now that maybe you have a wise person or a biblical person in your life? Maybe there's someone listening to me online right now who's a young person. Do you understand why people who've lived a little while get real stirred up sometimes when they're trying to tell you? Because <laughs> it's painful. If you keep sowing that seed, you're not gonna like that harvest. You wanna know people get stirred up about finances, look. You you, you have to have some principles. Somebody has to produce. Somebody has to sow. Somebody has. If you don't handle your finances right, there's a reason because the people who love you know that there's not just always going to be reap where you didn't sow. You got to learn to produce. So they worry about it if you don't get that. You know what? Sometimes some of the wisest people on the planet are people who go, I sowed that seed, man. Woo, you know what? I just did not like what I got. The devil will tell you in GQ magazine, this book is antiquated and inconsistent. Throw it away, forget it, and live by what you feel. And you'll reap on that. Can I say something to you from the heart of a pastor who believes God's the smartest and most wise one in the universe. Sow his seed. Sow his seed and you'll reap a harvest. I wanna give you this story and then I wanna pray for you. Received this last week from Darren. Darren, I I love this because he just started a different sowing in a different garden. He said, I grew up in the Mormon religion where I was continuously taught that it was your works that would get you to heaven. I really struggle with that because I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. Me having a relationship with Jesus has been a long process. It's been something I've hoped and even prayed about for a long time, but I figured it wasn't meant to be for me. I've spent the last 20 to 25 years struggling from past religious abuse and not feeling good or righteous enough to have that relationship with Jesus and the free gift he has for us. I've doubted God and I've even concluded that If there was a God, I've made too many mistakes to be where it wouldn't matter anyway. I figured I'd always be the guy who'd try to be the best person he could be and just hope for the best. I've always hoped for that feeling and relationship with Jesus that so many people I know have. I've tried to act like I had it all together and try to do the right things like going to church, praying with my kids, reading the Bible, but nothing. It wasn't until Pastor Jeff said that we have to continue taking steps in our walk with God where it hit me. We have to water the sea. The phrase faith without works is dead took on a whole new meaning. It wasn't that I could ever do enough to have God's presence in my life like I'd been taught, it's that I need to have an active part in the process. And then we have to respond and step out in faith, even among our fears. I feel like I've had feelings like this before but just got caught up in the good feelings of church and didn't do anything about it. I let the days pass and then start back to doubt again. But that practical statement put everything into a new light and made me realize that watering the seeds equal action on my part. I can't wait for it to just happen. So I prayed the prayer along with Pastor Jeff. I knew it wasn't just a feeling this time and I'm planning to be water baptized next weekend. What a beautiful example of God does the saving. But we participate in the kingdom garden walking out what he's called us to walk out. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with everyone online. Some of you out there right now, you have a barren field or you have a field full of weeds and thorns and you just have a life where you go, I don't like what I'm reaping. And The first thing you need to do is just say yes to Jesus. You just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. I receive you today. I believe you died for me. You rose from the dead and I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you if you're online to let us know. I'm going to ask you if, if you can come to one of our 101 classes coming up, give us a communication card, let us know somehow so we can help you start to grow in that new relationship that you have. But second of all, Lord, I pray that, Lord, this principle of reaping and sowing doesn't produce performance in us, and it doesn't produce condemnation. But it produces a kingdom participation to where we are a part of the kingdom. That is your field. And we plant and we sow, but you cause the growth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.